everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dare Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Good. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is it. This, you know, these uh, two episodes back to back, it's kind of, it's going to be really hard to talk about this episode <laughs> because this episode is a lot of setting up the max the Max Medina yep. Lorelai marriage, and then the next episode literally undoes it all. Spoiler! So, right. This will be an interesting conversation because, both, like, this episode feels kind of, I don't know, a little like, a little empty afterwards. You're like, oh, they literally got rid of Max by the next episode. But, um, right. yeah. By the, before we get into the episode, how's the weather? out your way it's beautiful it's 82 degrees so it's warming up a little bit okay nice breeze how about you uh it is sunny and it's 51 degrees fahrenheit or 11 degrees oh nice just pretty much on perfect for us yeah not too hot not too cold just right like you can so it's you're able to do outside stuff i joke that this is the kind of weather where you see people wearing shorts and a hoodie which those those two don't go well together like in most scenarios but here with this kind of weather you know shorts and a hoodie are a pretty common combo because (laughs) i'd be wearing a parka with a hood (laughs) yeah yeah it's just funny because it's like it's one of those things like the those two together just are two clothing items that don't go well together but you see people wearing your head's warm the rest of you's warm yeah right because a percentage of heat escapes to your head yeah so, so you know, know, there's something to that. There's yeah. a method to the madness. I say it looks funny, but I do it too quite often. Where like, <laughs> All the truth comes out. <laughs> hoodie and a, hoodie and uh, shorts. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why uh, not? Um. <laughs> but yeah, we're here to talk about uh, episode two of season two, "Hammers and Veils," uh, also known as the preamble to Lorelai and Max's. Uh, wedding, which, spoilers, doesn't which happen. Right. <laughs> right. And also, I think in TV history, is one of the most understated wedding breakups ever. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. This is going to be a tough one to talk about because this episode literally is just them getting ready for a wedding that doesn't happen. So I don't know what the... We'll, we'll have some things to talk about, but it is, yeah, largely an episode that feels kind of undone by the events preceding it. But I think there is some important stuff that sets up why Lorelai makes the decision that she makes. Mm -hmm. That's sort of seated here. (laughs) Including Suki not being able to remember his name. (laughs) Which is, which is, yeah. Yeah, Suki can't quite remember his name. Uh, And uh, series MVP, Emily Gilmore, doing her best to just underseed everything. But just Mm -hmm. sprinkling that little bit of doubt. That's one thing that oh, Emily, yeah. Emily does well. And I think she does it in a oh, way where mm-hmm. she knows that if she were to go to Lorelai directly and tell her these things, Lorelai mm-hmm. would shoot her down. Lorelai would not right. want to engage with her. But she right. does so in a way that's but... like polite, but also she's planting that seed. And it's interesting because oh, she's a viper. Yeah. Yeah. Because when uh, Lorelai explains to um, Rory in the next episode why she's done with the wedding with max she cites something Mm -hmm. that specifically emily mentioned so 
you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those Emily things where she's being a little conniving, but in a way that probably saved Lorelai from a bad marriage to Max. But, uh, right. Uh, right. yeah, this episode, there's not too much in the way of big plot uh, developments, but uh, the whole town basically comes together to make arrangements for Lorelai and Max's wedding. Uh, Is this the one where she has the bridal shower? No. Or is that the next episode? That's okay. the next, when they go to like the, the, the little bar or whatever, and Emily's there drinking her Manhattan's. Oh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or such such an Emily drink, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, too, I also love that Lorelai would order a Long Island iced tea. That seems definitely like a Lorelai drink. Um, about, yeah, it's the friend that betrays you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun until it's not fun. Um, right. That's that's Long Island lights, iced teas in a nutshell for you. They're fun until they're <laughs> not fun. Um, right. But uh, Lorelai finally tells Emily about the wedding, which uh, hurts Emily because Emily figures she should have known. And uh, she brings up the fact that she found out from Suki first before she found out mm-hmm. from uh, Lorelai. So, which I think there was some good character development between Lorelai and Emily this episode with that, where you have them talking about, you know, why Lorelai is maybe hesitant to share things with Emily, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera. So I, I like that. Just it... a... hmm? Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I love the whole speech they had about, you know, Lorelai goes to this whole thing. Like, you know, I, I told my mom I was getting married and my mouth got angry with you know, my mind and my mouth aren't talking. Yeah. <laughs> they betrayed each other. Yeah. And this Rory's like, Rory's like, your mouth is a nose. <laughs> I just love their energy. It's like they, they take something that's like pretty serious and they just kind of, they just add like a little bit of joy to it. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, meanwhile, with Rory, she finds out that she hasn't taken as many extracurriculars as she sh- should be. Uh, and she goes in singing overdrive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's just kind of like a Rory thing. Like, she just kind of like, when she finds That's a fallacy, she just goes, cranks it up to 11. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, um, yeah. So she decides she's going to get active in all the things. Yeah. You know, because Paris has been active in all the things. And Paris starts ticking off all the stuff she's done. Yeah. And and then Rory like goes in this mode of I have to get into the school. Never mind, she's probably gonna get in anyway because I think she's a legacy to one of the Ivy Leagues. So and yeah. you know, it sounds like they has a lot to you know, a lot to do with it. But mm-hmm. still, because she's like a girl, she wants to make sure that she's gonna get in. Yeah. And so she has all <laughs> she has all these things and the table is filled with stuff. Yeah. That she's going to do to be able to get into the school. So she kind of, like, she does some all or nothing stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Lorelai does too, but with Rory, it's a little more school and ambition centered. And with Lorelai, all or nothing has more to do with relationships, I think. Well, and I, what I thought was interesting about that was Richard in the previous episode mentioned how, uh, you know, people can hold her back. And you kind of get a little bit of a hint of that, like in terms of Dean being like, well, I want to hang out. Summer's for having fun. And, you know, right. Rory, She's not there. Yeah. Like, it's interesting that they 
that Richard mentions that, but they almost make Richard out to being like hostile about it. But then you kind of see that maybe he's onto something. Like he's got a point. Yeah. Yeah. Because that if you're on the same page, yeah. If you're not compatible, but it could also be that he's trying to show her, you know, schools and everything, which which is a point too. Mm-hmm. But it's not a point that Rory's at. No. And Rory, you know, Rory needed to do this for herself. So. Well, that, I think that was the other big issue is that she canceled a date so she could stay at home and, and plan all this extracurricular stuff, which that was way overboard. Yeah. And it kind of stereotyped high achievers, I think. So I didn't really like that part of it. But I think it just shows also how um, maybe over... I guess, uh, like, she got obsessive. It, like, tipped over into obsession. Yeah. I noticed, I think it was this episode they used the R word, and I was not comfortable. And that, okay, that's the other thing that really bothered me. Yeah. That really, that that almost made me, like, rage quit the show. Here's the thing. I (laughs) I was going to call you and go, I can't do this anymore. I feel like that's a word that still gets used that we we now know better but like it's interesting to go back 20 years ago and people were still saying that and then it was still not a good word like it was still very frowned upon it's interesting though because i watch movies and tv shows from that time and it's off it's thrown around a lot i think it was still i could see in the 80s but i don't know about in the 2000 i mean i'm not saying it didn't happen but 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 culturally it was already something you didn't say uh, yeah, I feel like it was. Oh, it's so yeah, it just it feels like that word was much more accepted back then. I don't want to say it was appropriate back then because I don't think it was ever appropriate. And, but... and how she uses it is so crass and disgusting. Yeah, that I think that's part of it too. No, when I heard um, her... very against her type of when, character. Hmm? Yeah, when I heard that word, I was like, oh, that's not. That's but I think call. that's good. I think it's I think it's good that it made you uncomfortable because it yeah. should. Yeah. It should. So and, and that's that we've progressed to the point where hearing that gives you a visceral reaction. Yeah. Um and especially how she used it. That just made my skin crawl. Yeah. Um and we should mention that. And again, because... against her against her personality and the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, yeah. so we should mention that 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 there's an offensive word yeah in the show and you know i would imagine that if you mentioned that to the creators slash stars now they would say oh god we would not say something like that now but you know back in the day yeah i think it was a little more accepted um because yeah i've I've seen movies and tv shows from the early 2000s just use that word and they don't quite seem to care about uh any consequences because there probably wasn't any back then um you know i'm sure in some in some situations there was but yeah, so that was definitely something that kind of stuck out in a negative way, but I also kind of chalk it up to that was the time, and that was a time when that word was more widely accepted. Um, now, people don't use that word as often, if at all. I don't think you really hear it as much anymore, thank goodness. So. Right. But back then, they still should have known better. Yeah. But I, I, see, yeah, but I, I think it, yeah, it was more kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. I think in some But that may be also, in my family, it was never accepted. So I think I, maybe that's the ones I'm looking at it from. I know and, like in my circle, like you could use it, but it also was largely contextual at the time. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. just, if you said it, you know, people were looking into like, what do you, what context are you saying? Like, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to rephrase here, but like it, it was sort of like a, yeah, you know, you can use this word, just you know, don't use it in a way that's like completely derogatory to one other human being. But like, you could say, oh, this this thing is n word or something, or not n word, sorry, r word. Uh, <laughs> different different context entirely. Uh, you could say this thing is r word, and you know, people would go oh yeah yeah that is but now I, you can't even really say that cause I, I would still i would still call people out on that i've i've ended dates because somebody used that oh, i wow. i left a date because it, it bothered me that much yeah. yeah yep anyways so i i have very strong feelings about this word no i do oh yeah I've this. yeah and so uh, yeah and again out of character for rory except if they're trying to show uh, first of all I'll say never is it okay but I wonder if what the writers are trying to do is show how how much Rory has just completely lost it by using that because she does not seem like the type of character to use that word. Yeah. So I don't know if that was done for, for dramatic emphasis, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that there was actually a purpose behind it. They weren't just using it to use it. Um, I think there but... was. I think, I mean, I think at the time they used it just as like a that was like something that kids would say that in that time but yeah obviously no. but i think she said it in, i think she says that she got whipped into a frenzy too yeah but it would have been nice if dean said hey uh that's not okay but dean well, kind of rolled with it dean's not Which a great person surprising thing. dean just kind of keeps showing his colors and i'm not a dean fan i don't know i'm sorry right. people who are and we're, and we're not a max medina fan nor a tristan fan no but Luke, we like Luke a lot. Luke, I'm putting all my chips on Luke. Yeah. Um, there are some other good good guys in the show that I would say, but down the road. Um, but yeah, uh, I do sort of feel like this episode is, yeah, very much largely about, uh, you know, Rory realizing that she still needs to make time for the people in her life, including um, Dean. Thing is, though, is Dean is just—he's just. I guess you, you really don't like Dean because it's like your brain had to go. What's that kid's name again? <laughs> I know, I know, it's Dean, but is it Dean? Uh, Dean's just not likable, and I think he lashes out. That's what really doesn't irks me about his character because mm-hmm. he lashes out at other people, primarily Rory, uh, when he doesn't yeah. get things that he the way that he wants, and that to he's me, he's got is, some anger problems. Yeah. yeah. And that goes beyond a maturity thing because you could say, well, he's a teenager, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy that as an excuse. That kind of behavior is still problematic that like you can't accept that things are going to go differently than how you want them to. So, right. Yeah. Um, It's still problematic. Yeah, it is. It's still not acceptable. And the thing is, and it's, it's a sign of a future controlling behavior. Yes. Which he does. He does show some controlling behavior. Now, granted, you know, she canceled a date so she could look at extracurriculars. But the way he handled it was a little bit, it was off. Yeah. You know, in a healthy relationship, you would say, oh, sure. Why don't we reschedule? How's Friday or something like that? Right. Like you would. Or you talk about, hey, you just canceled on me last minute. That's not really cool. Let's talk about, you know, what this is about. Yeah. But uh, alas the dean's not quite at that level and you know i get the i get the argument that they're teenagers but also you can have abusive relationships in adolescence and and some of dean's behavior is a tip off to future controlling behaviors yeah 
he he definitely seems like he likes to be in control. He also kind of has a little bit of like a misogynistic side to him too, like especially with. That and he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, go ahead. Like that Donna Reed thing, like the whole like oh women should serve oh, yeah. their man like. That always sticks in the back of my head. Like, he was really... That really, that. that really upset you. Yeah. yeah. In a way that it's, like, just not really, like, progressive at all. And even then, in the early 2000s, they would have been progressive enough that that wouldn't have been... Uh, as that was pretty... I mean, yeah. mind you, the, the Gilmore Girls mention it. But still, I'm like, no. not, a, not But it's not treated as a gender stereotype. It's treated as oh well this is just where dean's from do you know what i mean like yeah. and i think even during that even during that episode i said well maybe he's speaking from the fact that he doesn't know anything different at home yeah um but still yeah i mean that it was it felt weird mm -hmm. so we're talking about like what like six episodes back yeah <laughs> now um so anyways uh yeah and that's uh pretty much it you know Rory gets a cute little hammer for building the houses and oh yeah and mom puts and uh uh Lorelai puts little outfits on all what is it like uh on whiteout bottles yeah <laughs> what did she put like and she made out. one to a newscaster and I thought the newscaster was so cute because that's what Rory wants to do yeah so yeah no I thought that was pretty so she even made one to little Rory yeah that was cute um also goes to show that uh, you know obviously rory being a single child gets all the attention but it's nice that lorelei puts in that extra attention for her so mm -hmm. um and and you can you can actually see lorelei doing that too yeah totally she's totally the type of mom that would do that um okay uh we do have uh, a question which is uh, from Derek. Derek says, watching this for the first time with my girlfriend who's watched it before. I'm excited to see where things go. Uh, so you, you both are not fans of Max Medina, and then in brackets he puts, <laughs> completely understood, he's a douchebag. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's a good way to put it. He is a douchebag. Um, but it says, do you think that maybe Max is a lead up to something greater, you know, i.e., getting together with luke etc oh i think it's a total setup to it's a total setup to get her with luke I, yeah because you see them talk about it. i mean it's it's just like they brought in rachel yeah i think there's got to be some resistance um i don't know if they're trying to build up tension yeah maybe it's not quite leading to luke maybe it's leading to christopher everyone's favorite character um no i don't know i do think that well, I made that sound because I think you might be right. That's really annoying me. <laughs> Not that you're right, but I think I can see that happening. I don't think they're going to give fans a payoff yet. It It's kind of like the Sam and Diane thing from Cheers. Only well, And yeah, and, and there's a the thing that when it happens, the ratings usually go down, right? Yeah. So, Which I don't think necessarily is the case with this, but I think, you know... It, it doesn't quite go in that exact direction, but I do think that, yeah, uh, you know, Max is a stepping stone. I'm just trying to think of what Max contributes to like, well, I think well, maybe a well-being and stuff. Yeah. Well, what, one of the things I noticed is that 
I think if it was meant to be a relationship of substance, they would have spent more time on it. But it yeah. seemed very haphazard. You know, when they got back together, it was like, oh, we're back together. Okay, now we're getting married. You yeah. know, like it. I think they would have spent more time on it if it was meant to have substance. I think also too, you know, to compare Luke and Max, like Luke knows Lorelai and knows what her dreams and her aspirations are. It seems like Max is always the kind of person who is consistently just making grandiose gestures. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I feel like he doesn't know Lorelai as all well. That's As, right. yeah. Like, and those grandiose gestures, sure, they might be fantastic and fun and cool, but he doesn't know Lorelai as well as someone like Luke or even her parents or Rory. And you would think that the person you're married, you, they would know you as well as that kind of person. Like you would be at that level of knowing. Right. Um, right. So I think maybe it's a, I, it is there to sort of show Lorelai, hey, you have to find, you have to know this person very well and they have to know you very well. And mm -hmm. going forward, you know, whoever uh, Lorelai gets with, you know, has mm -hmm. to be somebody who knows her on a level that is really deep and residual. Right. right. Um, that was well said. Wow, I have nothing to say after that. <laughs> that was really good. Okay. I mean, also doesn't help that you don't know fully how the show ends up either. So. I think it does help, actually. Au oh. contraire. Oh. Because <laughs> I really don't know how it ends up. Yeah. So now I'm now I'm kind of curious in my hypotheses some of them have been right some have been off so yeah um favorite performance in this episode um there was a few good I ones i like rory talking about the the white out bottles now first why does she have that many white out bottles number <laughs> one and second when she just she's just kind of like very matter of fact about it like yeah she did all this stuff and you know she's She's not crazy. She just sounds like she is. <laughs> yeah. Something. Um, I'm gonna I like that. that. She was like, this is my mom. You know, like she accepts her for who she is. Hmm? Yeah, no, totally. And she, the way she does it, she doesn't say, say it with any like condescension or anything. It's just, this is how no. Laura no. is. Right. right. I'm going with a tie because I think both actresses were great. Lorelai mm -hmm. and uh, Emily were both great in that scene where they talked uh, at the mm -hmm. house later on. I think that was a great scene and there wasn't a lot of dialogue, but it really got across how each one feels. And even with Emily, mm -hmm. she didn't say much of anything. Like, I think she maybe only had right. like one or two lines, but really you could tell what she was feeling in that moment and it felt very right. genuine. So, yeah, she's such a good actress. She really yeah. is. I rewatched mm -hmm. Dirty Dancing over the weekend and she's oh. the mom in that. And, um, right. She's great in that too. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it again now, knowing that that's Emily, because yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. So it must it must make her really stand out. I mean, obviously, but does it? I'm assuming you it adds more to her performance. Like, do you? Not, did it change the way you saw the movie? Not really. I mean, the mom doesn't really okay. have too many scenes in Dirty Dancing. Like, she's oh, not okay. a big part of the story. Like, it's kind of interesting. Uh -uh. I, like, you have Emily. Yeah, she does. You should give her more lines, but they don't. <laughs> you have Patrick Swayze in the movie. Why would you give her more lines when you got Patrick Swayze? <laughs> um, Least favorite performance. I'm going with Dean. 
I'm, I wasn't a fan of Dean's performances. I think it's... I I actually didn't have an issue with with the actor. It's I, You know, I get it confused because there's also the lines. There, I, I try to separate out the lines from the character. Mm-hmm. But, there, yeah, his delivery... I don't know. Max wasn't in this episode. Was Max in this episode? I would say him. <laughs> I mean, he was... But, oh, okay. So I see him. Oh, this would have been those. Was this the episode two where he got upset that Lorelai that that like Rory was ma- like kissing Dean outside or something, and he's like, "What role will I have as her father or whatever?" And oh like, yeah, oh. I think that was this episode. Is that this episode? Okay, I think so it. I think it must be. Yeah, that was. Ugh. <sighs> That was, that was the, again, that was, that's controlling behavior. Yeah. Uh, which we don't like. We're not fans of that on this podcast. Nope. Um, Obviously, yeah. You haven't picked up on it yet. We're not fans of, of abusive behavior. We think that's bad. Very yeah, bad. Very much so. Um, but yeah, no, I was not a fan of how, how controlling he was of, of that situation. And the thing is like, even if he does marry into the family, there's no expectation that he's going to have to do these things. And like Lorelai says, like, leave it to me. That's my job. Like, right. sit back and drink your cho- your coffee and read your books or whatever. Like, chill. Um, which is interesting because I yeah. would have thought that, like, for Max, like, you know, going in and not having to contend with all these things would be probably in some ways a relief. You know, thinking, oh, I don't have to parent this person. Like, their parent is already in the picture and being a healthy parent in it already. But... Yeah. yeah, how he's like. Yeah, that. And yeah. he was very childish too about it. Like he kept saying, "Like, so what? I don't have." It was any disturbing. Role? Yeah. Yeah, it was disturbing, and it's also a talk they should have had prior. You know, it's it's. Um, I think it's just telling of you know we've seen bits and pieces of hinting up to this that that they really have not talked about really important things. Yeah. Like his role in in Rory's life. Mm-hmm. That's something that needs to be addressed, and the fact that he th- felt that he could just be a fill-in parent is not okay. Yeah. Um, it's just- and the, yeah, the way he handled it was controlling, and and that's when that's I've already written off Max Medina, but that's when I really wrote him off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also like that you know season one ended with the proposal, and season two we're only like two three episodes in and like already max is gone I'm like this is great this, right. these are the positive changes we need in our mm-hmm. lives i'm okay with max gone yeah yep. mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah i think like any of the controlling toxic males in this were not not good for <laughs> me uh dean max they were both terrible they can just you know they can go, go on a bus together go down to uh mexico and be terrible together I think you have a bus idea i think this should be a movie yeah we just put like all the characters terrible characters together on a bus and and they'll be like <laughs> riding a bus and then all of a sudden some song will come on the radio and they'll be like well we don't have the gilmore girls anymore let's just sing the song and they'll just sing the song together on the bus down to and then they have some kind of epiphany too yeah about how they've treated women i yeah. like that part <laughs> yeah so, i don't know if that's possible with them but dean will be like i think i was uh not that great to rory right max will be like i don't think i was great to lorelei either i don't think i was great to rory either <laughs> no, they were all terrible i don't think i was great to any of the women in this show yeah 
Yeah, exactly. They're all terrible. Um, favorite reference. There is a few in this. Um, trying to think of what my favorite was. Well, just a liquid paper. I mean, that doesn't even really exist anymore. I don't think. No, I guess not. I mean, and, and a little factoid about that. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say probably like in business settings, but most other times, yeah, I can't see it being a thing. Right. So, and the guy, the woman that created liquid paper, um, her son was one of the monkeys. So the monkeys were, it was a show and a band and you probably have heard some of their songs, Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a revival of it. I remember when I was growing up, like it was on MTV. And so he, he basically inherited all the liquid paper money. Wow. And he, yeah. So when they had reunions, I think he showed up for some of them, but a lot of them, he just didn't show up because he was already sitting on this pile of liquid paper cash. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the inheritor of all the liquid paper money. Just a little wow. slight. Yeah, um, Michael Nesmith. Yep. Wow. Um, speaking of things that people probably don't have anymore or use, uh, Lorelai says, I have hit a level of perfection that was rarely seen outside the Victoria's Secret catalog. And I just think, I wonder what anybody oh, yeah. under the age of 25, if they even know what a catalog is. Right. Good point. Yeah, when she said that, I even noticed that too. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. I mean, I know catalogs were a thing back then, but they aren't now. Well, there's a Sears. Well, they had a Sears catalog that would come out every Christmas, and you would look through it at all the toys. Basically, kids. Remember that? Uh, catalogs was like a physical version of Amazon. Right. It was a big. And it had an index in the middle. Yeah. So you would look in the middle; it would be like, like just like paper kind of pages instead of picture pages. And instead of adding things to a digital wish list, you'd have to get a mark or felt marker and circle it so your parents need <laughs> to get it for you. Or you'd or you'd, you'd put the paper, you know, like you make a little dog ear in the yeah. corner of the paper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I had a good chuckle at that. I'm like, that that is not a thing. That's gone. Right. Um, well, just to see too, how many storylines happen because they're not using phones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because they have phones, but they don't use them as much. And I guess that that was kind of the state of phones at the time. But I mean, at the time, I remember using one more frequently. Hmm? I think people I mean, I think for me, I started using phones more when you could text and texting became a thing. I think when it was Mm -hmm. like just calling, I I wasn't using it as much because it was like, oh, do I really want to call this person? Eh." It was also expensive at the time, too, I remember. But, like, texting, I remember when that became a thing. I was just, like, texting everybody. I'm like, let's text. Let's chat. Right. Right. Um, now, I remember my phone had I, – I had a phone, like – it must have been, like, in the early 2000s. I had one that, that had the old phone ring, which is now standard on Apple. And I remember it would ring, and people would look around for the – like, I remember I was on the tram in the Atlanta airport – and, uh, and my phone rang, and it sounded like an old rotary phone. I remember people looking around. No one would do that now no. because it's standard on an Apple phone. But on my Samsung phone at the time, I don't think anybody had heard that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was a thing. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I do notice that, yeah, they use the phones. I feel like they use it probably a little less than the average person would at the time. But also, too, you know, I feel like, they are people who aren't necessarily fully tied to that kind of stuff. Like either they, they, mm. they live their life and, you know, they go do things. They're not necessarily tied to electronics all the time. Right. And again, it was a different time. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Let's All see. Right. When did this episode first air? Because now we're getting past 9-11, too, right? Oh, well past at this point, I think. Yeah. This, well, October... October no, no. October 9th, 2001. Yeah. So it's not even a month later. Yeah. Well, this would have been, so, like, filmed before then, too, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they make a reference in, like, the first episode to, like, negative things out there, but... I don't think they ever made like an overt reference to 9-11. I think it was very taboo back then to do something like that. I mean, even I remember the Spider-Man movie that came out. They changed the oh, trailer they because Twin yeah, Towers. they had the Twin Towers in there. So I think back then it was probably taboo to reference that kind of stuff. So because I was thinking about it, I don't I think, think a lot of people didn't know how to, too, because yeah. it's so horrific and something that most of us have never dealt with before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, destruction of that scale and loss of life on that scale so i i think part of it was like how do you address that um i think one of the best ways was addressed on the daily show with john stewart because here he's got a show that's about the news but also has a humor aspect to it and i remember the first thing he said was are you okay and and i i think he's one of the masters of how to handle a crisis when you have a show that's supposed to inject humor yeah because how do you balance that yeah. So I think, yeah, if you go on YouTube and look up um, John Stewart, uh, the show after 9-11, what a master class in how to handle a crisis and still make it relatable to people and still use some, I wouldn't say humor, but to use some lightness to make people feel better while also taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good one to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think he's coming. Is he coming back? To a show, I think he's doing a show again because he he was off a Daily Show for a long time. Yeah, I back. I remember he was on uh, Colbert's late night show sometime. Pop it up. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, favorite quote. Um, not really like a specific quote, but I like the dialogue exchange between uh, Lorelai and Emily later on when it's just the two of them. I thought mm-hmm. that was good. Mine, mine is mine's short. Mine's the construction guy when um, when Rory goes this long explanation of you know the liquid paper balls and everything. The guy's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He said, I was expecting him to say, "Wow, that's interesting." Or he just was like, okay, like he's like, fine, whatever. Yeah. He's like, let's move on. We got work yeah. to do. Can't <laughs> be talking that, about. Right, but the way presents it was like was like you know she kind of summarized it for him. She's like, you may think she's crazy, but she's not, or whatever. And he's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) It's almost like he was stunned in the silence. (laughs) That's my favorite quote: is just him going, okay. I mean, he did that actor did a really good job with his okay. I mean, that's got to be really hard to nail like just one line, and this guy did it. He did. He nailed it. It was a pretty, it was comedic timing, I think, is what it was. Oh, yeah, the comedic timing was great. Whoever that actor is, yeah, that was I great. No, but his name was. But we'll give him the, we'll give him a good award for that. Um, let's see. Behind the scenes trivia. Well, this is all, we didn't mention it in the synopsis, but this is uh, the episode where Lane goes to Pusan. So, bye, Lane. Oh yeah, and okay. So, how did you feel about the fact that Lane's getting in the car and Rory, and she just drives off, and Rory's just like standing there. She didn't go up to the car or anything. She just sees him drive off. She wasn't even standing there. She was like cuddling with Dean, and she's like, 
Bye. <laughs> like she didn't care. And she just waves. What's up with that? That's your best friend. Maybe because of she was with her parents or something. Maybe she didn't want to make uh, But even that, it did feel you at least like, like go out to the car and wave by? Like this is the last time you see, you're seeing your friend. You think you would go, hey, Lane. Nice knowing right. you. But then she just waves. I mean, yeah. how sad for Lane. Yeah. That's your friend. Your one, your one true connection to, you know, your social life. Your best friend just waves to you while she's cuddling with her boyfriend. Yeah. That was really horrible. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. There is a bit of a time jump between this episode and the next one. Two months. Oh, how do you know that? Did it say it on the screen? No, because Max says he's leaving to, for Toronto for two months. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then in the next episode, okay. he's back. So, two months. Oh. It's interesting because I sometimes think these episodes are so close together, but then I realize there's like some little time jumps. And this was one of them. Yeah. So. I bet somebody online has done something where they figure out how much time has passed between each episode and how much time has passed in general on the show. I'm convinced oh, that probably. someone's done like a Back to the Future type type thing where they oh, figure out how much sure. time has passed. Yeah, or Groundhog Day thing. They, mm-hmm. 100. Um, percent And uh, let's see here. There was also oh a little bit of a of a hiccup here. A little bit of a uh, oh continuity a continuity error. Oh uh, boy. In this episode, Emily says that she wore a tiara to her wedding, but in season eight, or in episode uh, eight of season one, uh, we see a picture of Emily and Richard at their wedding day, and there's no tiara. So, okay, I was I was wondering that because something felt off, so it wasn't just me. Okay, yeah, no, okay, I feel validated. But okay. maybe she took it off for the picture, but right. I assume that she it's just too heavy. Yeah. No, no Tira. Or at least not in that picture. Right. Um, okay. Uh, any other mental health observations? Well, just the... I think that's it. Emily shows her colors again in this episode. And, I, you know, it's... You, know, you start trusting Emily, and then, then I can't trust her. Yeah. she She's an interesting character, but, like, not always in a good way. Some days, sometimes right. you're like... Oh, Emily's a little toxic too, but it's right. weird because I feel like at the center of it all, she loves her family, but she just doesn't express it in the healthiest of ways. Do they ever get into later in the series, her background and her family of origin? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they do. Okay. Does yeah. it explain some of her personality? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd be really interested to see the origin of it. Not that it makes some of her behavior okay. That doesn't excuse it. I just want to mention that to everybody. But. Yeah. Don't totally understand. Um, <laughs> okay. I think it's time to rate this episode. What would you give this an episode? Oh, no, I, give it, I think a 7.75. Ooh. <laughs> That's a very specific number. I, I feel like it's not quite an 8. But it, I think seven and a half and seven are my low numbers. Mm-hmm. No, did I give one a six one time? I don't remember. But yeah, this was kind. Of, it was close to being really good. Yeah. But I, it seemed like it, like the whole lane scene, like didn't make sense. Like, why would they be driving through downtown anyway? Yeah. Oh, maybe they're coming to the antique store. Yeah. There was something about that seemed like there, there could have been more or less. Mm-hmm. This and I don't know which one. 
this is, this is a kind of like a weird episode and that it feels kind of like there's not a lot going on. And yeah, yeah, that yeah, uh-huh. That's what it is. That's my big issue like with this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving this a 5 out of 10, maybe one of my lowest wow. scores. Wow. Um I think mainly because we finally get a little bit of personality out of Dean and we hate him more for it. And so. it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It was not what we wanted. I didn't like right. this. Uh, no, because, like, you know, he's he's had, like, a bit of a personality, but not much. You get a bit more of who Dean's like, and you realize, oh, this isn't good. But the show, keeps, right. the show keeps wanting to paint him, like, oh, he's this perfect boyfriend. He's the perfect first boyfriend for Roy. Well, they paint him, like, a James Dean kind of misunderstood chip on the shoulder thing, that trope. And that's yeah. that, to me, is so used. But again, yeah, this was early 2000s. And and to put it in perspective, when did my so-called life come out? Because that was like, for that time frame, I think, what was that, 95, 96 with Jordan Calano? That was like the bad boy of that. So he's playing like a Jordan Calano type character. Mm. That bad boy. That bad boy kind of remote sort of thing, but a little bit controlling kind of character. So it's like the same character, but it's, it's you know, leaped forward like, what, five years from yeah, ninety four. Okay, so so it's like the same type of character, um, that kind of broody James Dean chip on the shoulder, misunderstood, avoidant kind of personality. So it's yeah, yeah I mean that's been used so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we open disappoint all of us. Yeah, <laughs> Dean's just disappointing everybody. And you know, I is there anybody that's on the Dean bandwagon? I'm really, I'm really curious to see. Is there anybody that just thinks Dean's like the best character? I'd be curious. And why? I'd be curious to find out if people are on the Dean bandwagon. But yeah, no, right. like they gave a little bit of time to grow Dean, and then we realized, no, we don't want more Dean. We want less Dean, <laughs> a lot less Dean. Um, and then also to the whole. Uh, subplot of like Emily, Cole Childering, Lorelai. It feels so mm-hmm. redundant considering that the literally the next episode, the wedding is called off. And I mean, spoilers, I guess, but like, still, it's just like that. Just it it makes a big issue out of something that ultimately is not an issue, even by the time the next episode wraps. So it just feels kind yeah. of like filler. Um, yeah. Oh. I wasn't a fan of this episode. It didn't really add a lot of potential to the characters, except we learned even more that Teen's a jerk. So I guess that was Well, and we don't like Max as much either. And we don't don't like Max. We're prepared for both of them to go on a bus down to Mexico, and we're just going to forget about them. Luke's going to be like... And Max may have actually done that next episode. Huh? Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, our good friend Luke will just be waving them on and be like, bye, losers. I'm here to stay. All I can right. actually see that, too. Yeah. He'd be like, bye, guys. Actually, I don't think he, he doesn't like either of them. So he'd be he would gladly be standing at the edge of the city just waving the bus on as it leaves. He would not even give him a cup of coffee No, as they left. He nope. would tell him that he's giving him coffee, and then it would just be like, warm just, milk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steph's over at stephaniesarkis.com. I'm over at threeingreennerds.com. Guest Lighting is her book. And Talking Brains is her other podcast. 
Until next time, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.